Kotau Katoa. It is podcast time. It's Pure Today here with my brainy mate, Catherine Birkin, who knows lots of stuff. And we talk about lots of stuff. And hopefully, you've been listening to our podcast. Um, because I'm just having fun anyway, mate. This I was going to so say, cool. I actually don't care if they're not listening yeah. about having fun. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, nah, yeah, it'd be yeah. Great we've... if you're listening, but really, we're having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, hey. Um, very proud father of three beautiful young men. And uh, but those the teenage years here at the parenting place we call them we actually call them the white water rafting years. Have you heard that term? No. Because because you come in and things get a little bit rough and you just have to hang on because it is going to calm out eventually and then it gets rough again. But that whole thing with teenagers, adolescents, I want to talk to you about this. What happens? What happens when they stop speaking beautifully? Thank you, Dad, for taking us out for Chinese. And then the following day they're going, I, I go, how was your day? All right. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. You know, they just, all that stuff. Tell me, what's happening? <laughs> and and again, remember, all all individuals, our yes. beautiful children. Um, and these are our opinions. <laughs> these are our opinions. <laughs> it's our podcast. Um, I have uh, my daughter is seventeen, so she's she's not out of adolescence, but she's out of what we call the accelerator stage. So that'd be your white water rafting years. So it's right. not all white water rafting. No. It's not all accelerator, but the first few years would be would be considered that sort of thing. Um, she's through those now, and so she's into a different stage. But my beautiful son is, I think, right a bit in the tail end because we're noticing some um, changes there. So, positive, so, positive changes. Yes, absolutely. Like I just mentioned to him the other day that he's he's not snapping at me quite as often. And mm. and you know what? When he snapped at me, I went, that's fine. I understand what's going on in your brain. And I'd be pretty snappy too if I was feeling like that. So I think this, or I don't think, I know that knowing this information has increased the likelihood of me and my kids getting through their adolescent years still being partial friends. <laughs> I have to stop you right there because <laughs> when you said, I know why you're snapping at me, I understand. I'm thinking, oi, don't you talk to me like that. Hey, mm. you don't pay the mortgage here. Bah, 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 bah. And yeah. Yeah. You, you know, so this whole thing about understanding how our tamariki and each other tick is gold. 100%. And don't get me wrong, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. And probably <laughs> have said. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. 100%. I don't get it right every time. Yeah. But I get I it significantly no, I more often right because I know this stuff and I had to hold my tongue. I don't just go, oh, cool. I don't want to say anything back to him. I held my tongue because I went, I actually get what's going on in your brain. Yeah. So so when our kids hit puberty, and puberty is the time when it changes and, and lots of hormones change in our body, and the change there increases or, or, or it means that our bodies can now reproduce. Right. I will say very clearly, I am not in any way suggesting that reproduction should happen at this stage. I am saying once our kids hit puberty, their bodies within a year or two can reproduce. Now, this is really scary because an average-ish for our girls in in New Zealand is is 12-ish, average-ish is for boys. But I know of three young girls who have hit puberty at seven. Oh, wow. Right? And this is really scary stuff. I also had um, on one of the um, sessions I did a young girl who um, hit puberty at 16, right? So right, so there's right. a heck of a, a, a change there. So it could be anywhere in between. But when you hit puberty, that's when your body activates hormones that change your body so that you can reproduce. Yes. Now, they do change you a little bit. You change your self-image and you feel a bit gawky and you might be a bit more unbalanced. But actually what that does is signals to your brain that you are able to reproduce 
which means the brain has to go from being a child and being protected and having an adult look after you. Yep. Yeah. To being the adult to look after the child. Now, I know this this is generalized. Some kids are already very adultish. They have to be when they're little, but we're talking about a generalized space. So, so the brain upgrades to be able to look after this baby. And if this a girl gets pregnant when yep. she's going through the stage, her brain, they scan the brain and the brain actually activates faster. It, it upgrades faster. So this is why. So it's, it's, it's this beautiful change from being protected to being the protector. Yep. Wow. And if we see it as that, already we're going, oh, this is there's a some very under, There's some empathy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so everything that's being upgraded, if you think about you upgrading your house, so if you're putting in a new bathroom, right. you have to get the old portaloo in outside. So there's a bit of a glitch there, right? Right. If you're upgrading the kitchen, you're really only boiling eggs. You're not cooking a big dinner because your oven's being pulled out and all that sort of stuff. So there's glitching going on. If you're putting a new program on your computer and you're upgrading it, there's a glitch. Mm. So what our kids are doing in adolescence is upgrading, which is beautiful and amazing and complex. But during the upgrade... There's a glitch. <laughs> there's glitch. And so the glitches make us think that our kids can't do it, but in fact it's just glitching. And so what we can think is um, during this process they don't feel very empathic, they're quite moody, They like you see, they just grunt and they don't say thanks. Actually, you'll get that sometimes, but when you don't get it, just have faith that it's the upgrades happening. Keep expecting it to a point. Keep feeding information into that brain. But it's an upgrade that's glitching. Wow. that's You've you've made that so simple so I can understand it. And really, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, imagine if this wow. didn't happen. You know, you know, we should be hoping that this happens with all our tamariki, that they go through this this blossoming, I suppose you could call it. Beautiful word, blossoming. And and there are some um, neurotypical s- spaces where children don't actually hit puberty and we actually have to increase, put the puberty um, hormones in so that really? we can create it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so um, but one of the things, so the really good example is facial recognition. So we have to upgrade our facial recognition. So when we were out walking when we were a kid and we came across a stranger, we looked at the adult and are you feeling safe or are you feeling unsafe? And the adult had to do the really intricate, are you going to kill me or not to the, the person trans- approach? Yeah, translation. Right? Yeah. And so now when we're going to be the adult, we have to get better at reading people's faces. So there's a part of our brain um, that upgrades to do facial recognition. And a good example is when a few years ago, my son's rugby was on and my daughter was in her prime um, accelerator whitewater rafting stage of puberty. <laughs> and um, we were talking on the sideline and she asked me a question. I can't remember what the question was, but as I turned to her to answer the question, the sun was in my eyes. Mm. So, of course, I've got a furrowed brow when I answer the question. And I answered the question. I answered the question quite nicely, verbally quite nicely. And she said, thanks, mum, but you don't have to be so angry. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm not angry. Whatever. <laughs> and so then I get angry and say, I'm not angry. But I didn't. And because, again, beautifully, I understand that. So what I did is took a quick breath because it annoyed me, obviously. Mm. And I went, no, just calm down. I know what's happening. And I said, oh, sweetheart, that's just your fusiform gyrus upgrading. <laughs> now that would make me angry. <laughs> 
probably did. My it made me what? feel re- it made me feel better, and it's fine. And she wasn't going to punch me, so it didn't matter. So she probably activated. But the fusiform gyrus is a part of the brain that's only job is to recognise facial expressions, and wow. it's because it's one of the most important things. This is where relationships come from. Right. This is where our babies, kids are just babies. babies, faces, faces, faces. So the fusiform gyrus is one of the only parts of the brain I've ever heard of that has one job, that has one wow. job, because it's so important. Anyway, fusiform gyrus upgrading means it's glitching. So before puberty, our kids went, oh, are you a bit worried? Oh, you look frustrated. Oh, you're, you know. Are you okay, man? <laughs> and then when they hit puberty, all they've got is three basic emotions generally because of the glitch. They've got happy. So you yep. have to walk around with a smile on your face. If you've got a flat face, so 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 your flat affect, we call it, so like, not much expression. You're my not thinking a flat face. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're, you are, you're thinking, you're concentrating, you're hungry, you're whatever. Anything negative they will just glitch to you're angry mm. or you're sad, mm. right? So why are you sad? Oh, but it's often they're angry. And so then you think about your kids going, you're angry with me, and you go, mm. no, it's your fusiform gyrus upgrading because you can probably <laughs> be all right with that. But you think about two adolescents or four or five adolescents together who are all glitching. And how many times do our kids come back and go, he looked at me. Why did you punch him? Because he looked at me. Or, you know, and you it's, see, I'm, our, I'm one's, saying, our, one, our one was different. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, nothing. I'm not, I'm fine. Yeah. And, our, or, and I'm not going to generalize girls and boys. I, I am going to, sorry, generalize girls and boys, but not specify. But often our girls are going, but she hates me. She doesn't like me. And the other girl's going, what are you talking about? Mm. Well, you always hate me. Whenever you look at me, I know you don't like me and stuff. And we're like, that's ridiculous. But do you see their yeah. brain is unable to go into those subtle facial expressions? So they just put everything negative into angry or sad. So you just got to be happy, walk around with a smile on your face at all times. But this is with all of the things that are upgrading. So just think how difficult it is as an adolescent to walk into a room and you look around. At these faces. And everyone's pretty much, most people walk around with a resting Yeah, face, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're angry. And and so that's difficult. Wow. Wow. That's And see, my, my head's spinning again. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I think about those young people in groups um, and the friction that that can cause, hmm. you know, and the, and the problems we have, you know, with 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 kids going off the edge a bit. Yeah, and and if we lived in villages, let's go back there on yeah. the Marae, you would have had two or three adolescents. Yeah, with a couple of older ones that had gone through it and weren't reacting, and a couple of younger ones that aren't reacting, and so you had a couple of them kicking off against each other, and the other ones would have pulled it back. Environment. But now we put them all in the same year group. Yeah. And they're all going through the same thing. So one kicks off, the other one kicks off, they kick off, that kicks off. And then all of a sudden you've got this entire, what's called, you know, like emotional contagion because they're all at the same developmental level instead of being able to balance each other out. Mm. Leave it to the naturals. I mean, well, not to the naturals, but the just let it happen, eh? Um, is there a big difference between boys and girls going through this? And I mean, it, obviously, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The and again, there, there is a, it's a continuum, and you can sit anywhere. So I'm going to generalise males, females. But if you've got a girl and you go, oh, she's doing more of what you said about boys, then that's fair call. And all our gender fluid um, kids out there, you know. So generalising, but we do have an activation of um, hormones into our body, and females activate a high level of estrogen. Right. When we hit puberty, males increase the estrogen level, but females um, increase it more. And estrogen um, activates oxytocin. Now, oxytocin is our bonding hormone, and it made us fall in love with our babies. And it is of higher concentration generalizing in a female because that's our job is to bond with our babies. 
and I know some males who have really high levels of oxytocin, you can tell, but we've got generalizing. So what it means though, in our puberty, the girls hit this estrogen oxytocin increase and that means we oxytocin fall in love with all the other girls. And the reason for that, biological reason for that, is because it makes us form a click. And when we form a click, when we reproduce, those girls help us raise our baby. And nurture the whanau. Right. So we oxytocin fall in love with these girls. Now, if you've had a baby and you've been oxytocin in love with them, and then you've been taken away from them, even for five minutes, half a day, you've had to go back to work or whatever, your heart, your stomach, your soul is cut in half because you're away from your baby. Because wow. Right? So some of our girls, and this is all, even within girls, there's a continuum between lots of oxytocin, not so much. But if you're a girl in a click and you get kicked out of that click, you're not just oh, yeah. being kicked out. You are, your heart is cut in half. You know, like you, This is grief. Do you see your oxytocin being kicked away from your... Your, your connection. And when I was going through, you know, my early adolescence stages, I can look back and I think, crikey, some of the things I did, that I was quite horrible at times and people were horrible to me. But it happened every now and then you get kicked out of a click. Our girls and some of our boys who are experiencing this on social media. Right. How many times a day are they kicked out of the click? And then they're brought back into it and then they're kicked out and they're brought in. But someone just not liking their post or they're doing, do you see? And so it's normal to form clicks. It's normal to get obsessed with other girls and to want to be with them. And we see them when they haven't seen each other for five minutes. They get to get together and they hug each other. Oh, it's so good to see you. And they hold, you know, hang off each other and, touch, you know, like, and it's that oxytocin love space. Yeah, which I don't get. <laughs> yeah. And they do. And, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you see? Yeah. Because, and, you get some boys who really want to be in the groups of girls because they have that oxytocin yes, love space, yes. right? But generalising, the boys are going, what on earth? Yeah. And, and you meet up with a guy and you go, hey, oh, yeah, haven't seen you for a while. Cool, nice to see you. Is you this know? why <laughs> Is this why the woman in my life may speak to a girlfriend for half an hour on the phone that she's just had coffee with the day before? I speak to a mate I haven't spoken to for three months for five minutes and we're cool. There is a different need for connection, do you see? And, yeah. and 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 this oxytocin stuff was found in the mammal female brain thousands of years before it existed in the male mammal brain. And that's because there is a primary job here. A primary job for a mum is to fall in love with her baby, right? Yeah. And I know lots of males who fall in love with their babies and have incredible relationships, yeah. but we are talking about that natural space. And so, yeah, and, and so you've got this desire for connection, this desire to be, um, you know, in that space with them. And that's generalising, like, why? And men can sit together for a long time without really even saying stuff and being there, they're just together. And and then other men really love being in that connected space. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I just have, because it's natural, it's just the way my brain works when I look at um, babies being taken away from their natural mother and understanding the trauma of that, but now I really understand the trauma of that and what it does to that person. To that mother. Mm. Absolutely. And, and and I will say there's good there's research that shows that some women and men, but women don't have an oxytocin release around their baby. Yeah. And and that is what happened to you. That can be traced back to their right. childhood, right? So yeah. there's no judgment space there. But some women don't feel an oxytocin loss. Yeah. Okay. 
However, many, many, many do. Okay, yeah. but I'm not saying every single woman this, does. But if they don't, it's because what happened to you? There's no such thing as a dumb question, but I think this one could be. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a go. Yeah. So when people say, "Oh, she's less maternal," mm-hmm. is that to do with those those levels? Do you think? And absolutely, there's genetics. I mean, my first um, nannying job, I did it, and there was a beautiful couple. But absolutely, the, the that actually talked about it, and the mother didn't really want to have kids, but the father did. Sure. And you saw him around the kids. He got this massive oxytocin um, buzz back from the kids, and she didn't. Yeah. But they knew that, and they discussed that, and that was different. And he was definitely more oxytocin than her. And and that is, she wasn't very maternal. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And she, they probably 100%. raised fantastic, beautiful, yes, fulfilled children. There. What we yeah. wouldn't want is two of the parents doing that because then the kid does need someone to fall in love with them. Do you know what I mean? And she had adored them in her own way, but she wasn't oxytocin in love with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Whereas the dad was. You could see that he was fully oxytocin in love with the kids. Just that buzz, buzz, buzz space from yeah. what he got from them. And we have to fall oxytocin in love with our kids because you are not going to get up in the middle of the night and change nappies. You're not going to feed them again and again, you're not going to put up with that crying unless you're in love with them. Yeah. Because you don't do it for any feedback. They don't say thanks. They don't make you a cup of tea. They don't buy you a gift, you know? <laughs> you have to be oxytocin in love with them. Love is blind. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's that's how we nurture. And you're right, less maternal for lots of reasons. But sometimes that's genetics. It's natural genetics. But actually sometimes that's what happened to you. Yeah. And there can be that impact there, which means we can change that through experience. Yeah, yeah. And so we talked about the girls with the oxytocin, generalising. Boys can do it as well. But for boys, there's quite a um, cool space. There's there's one of the things in our brain, the amygdala, um, which is um, activated by testosterone. Have we got one of those? You've got one of those. It's often called our fear response place. But oh, also <laughs> on, their re- on the research, it showed that the more activated the amygdala, the more separation between parent and child. And so the amygdala is activated by testosterone. So yep. girls activate testosterone at puberty, but boys generalizing have a higher activation. So there's a natural separation between parent and child. There's also dopamine in our brain. It's our reward center. It's our buzzy reward thing. And dopamine sensitivity can increase by about twice as much. So so me doing something now with my 14-year-old son, so we went and did abseiling or did something like that, his brain would get significantly higher rush of dopamine than I would, yep. which means he's more likely to go out and do these things. And the more activated all the reward centre is, the less you consider the consequences. So putting all that together, biologically, it meant way back when we were living in the village the little boy before puberty said, Mum, should I go out there? And she goes, no, there's big wild animals out there, honey, and it's dangerous and there's no food and it's safe here. And he yep. goes, okay, I will stay. And she makes him a cup of hot chocolate and she tucks him into bed and everything's good. If nothing changed at 35 years old, that boy's still getting tucked into bed having gotcha. hot chocolates, right? So what happens is he hits puberty and his brain says, amygdala activates, separate. Don't listen to that person anymore. Whatever they've said in the past... Don't Wipe listen it. to them again, right? Yep. Because you don't want to keep asking for advice because you're not going to grow up and become a, a, a nurturing adult if you keep asking for advice. So don't ask them for advice. And the dopamine space says, hey, they look out the window and they go, oh, there's big wild animals out there. That sounds like fun. Choice, bro. There's no food out there. That sounds like fun, do you see? And the part of the brain that says consequence from action is gone. Mm. And what that does is for the boy in the village, he leaves. And he ventures out and he comes across another village with or another tribal group or a group, you know, nomadic going around. And he procreates 
with a different genetic pool. Yep. And that keeps us alive, keeps us healthy. It's strong. Right. If our ancestors, our little boys stayed home and procreated with the, you know, the one person in the village that they were attracted to. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're there. Um, there. Our genetics would have died off. Do you see? That's not yep. good. Yep. So what our boys' biology is, don't listen to anything they say. Do the risky things because historically that increased the likelihood of our survival. Now, unfortunately, we have the cars, we have the drugs, we have these things that our boys are choosing to take the risks with. And it can be some really devastating effects. But biologically normal to push your parents away, not to listen to anything they say and take those risks. And this is the reason why. In the bigger picture, it's all about survival. Yes, yeah. but it doesn't feel like it now. No. But if we see that before, so we're still governed by those biologic, biological desires back then, which were good. They created a good outcome. Um, and I know some boys didn't make it to the next village, but, yeah. you know, that was part of it. But do you see that as that procreation with a um, diverse gene pool that it created? And that was good. So so our kids are going through so much, so much, right? You know, you know, Catherine, I get asked, oh, what was it like when you were growing up, Dad, and blah, blah, blah. And I actually think, well, I'm going to stand by this comment, it was a lot easier for me growing up in the 70s, 80s, and, well, I'm still growing up. But but there were, and I say to people, what do you think was easier? I says, less hooks, bro. And hooks I see as a negative that can catch you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talk about uh, devices, when you talk about, uh, you know, drugs and all that stuff, that's what our young people have to navigate through. Mm-hmm. So understanding how their brains work um, as parents, as caregivers and, and whanau is, you know, we've got to be up with the play. Massively, because we say, actually, no wonder you'll want to go out and do those things because your brain's getting this massive buzz yeah. um, without the ability to, to override it. And another thing we've got to think about, and it's, and it's for all of our kids, but again, there's a little bit of an increased likelihood for boys, is because of that dopamine increase of sensitivity, when they're not doing anything, the brain is bored. Yeah. Right, and so if you sit through, I mean, we do enough conferences, pure that we've sat through some sessions that might have been not terribly invigorating, but because as adults we haven't got that high and low, we don't go really low, and so it's a bit boring. And then you find yourself thinking about something else, and you go, "Oh goodness, I should listen to that person speaking up there." But you know, like you're really fading away because yeah. you will think about going lower than that. And our kids in classrooms trying to concentrate on someone, blah blah blaring up the top can be really difficult, especially for some of our boys. Now, the good teachers you'll find with our boys yeah. are the ones that get them moving, are excited, they change their body, they change their movements. Yep. And if you stand at the front and write things up and get our kids to write them down, it is quite difficult for lots of our kids, but especially our boys, to be able to stay with the brain in any sense of attention that there. Yeah. And so, again, our, our education system has to consider this neuroscience. Yeah. The other thing, it's funny, I was, I was talking to my old, eldest son who was, I think, six or seven form at the time, and he says, I'm going through all these changes, okay, mental changes and all the rest of it, and the whole society is saying, you better pass those exams, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, so we load them up with all these, these exams when is that the – I mean, I, I don't know, but, like, they're, they're struggling already. And then we just put this extra load on the way the things are designed. Absolutely. I suppose it has about, to... Yeah, sorry. You think about facial expressions and also perspective taking is, is, is another glitch in, in um, adolescence. So we find it hard to think about how other people feel. 
But we have that. And then we put our kids into college and we have five or six relationships a day that they have to negotiate and work out and read faces and understand. And navigate. And navigate. Plus all the different kids in each of those classes. And I know sometimes we're keeping them, um, you know, the same. But you start saying, so when they're at their most vulnerable inability to read faces, take perspective, consider themselves, we put them in a a rotating system of relationships. (laughs) And it's like... (laughs) And then we wonder why they're not doing so well. Yeah, yeah. But some do, some thrive. Yes, 100%, absolutely. We could make it to get a system where more of our kids would be likely to get through. I don't like the fact that a lot of our kids bump their way through, um, especially college, and we go, it's okay, you'll get there, you'll get there. Why Why shouldn't we have fun the whole way through? Why shouldn't we enjoy it? I mean... When I do a presentation, I say to people, walk out if you want. If you're not enjoying this, go. Yeah. Because it's my job to make that interesting. I agree. I agree. It's my job to make it interesting. And I, I've never walked out on one of yours because we, we we make that effort. But if someone wants to leave, they can leave. But our kids are told you have to stay there. Every enough is um, as boring as anything. Your rule is to stay there, to intake this information, to put it in your brain, and then regurgitate it under stress in this exam and you'll forget it five minutes. You know, like I just, I just, it's it's a system that's, is it really setting our kids up for success? But also our adolescents have got so much glitching going on. Yeah. We've got to consider what that means for their learning space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, I'm trying to take all this in. <laughs> <coughs> but how beautiful was it? I mean, I, I, I honestly, and that's and, and, and that's what I started off with. When I when I look at my kids and they're, and they're being a bit horrible, and, and, and it's hard because my older daughter, you know, when Mason would snap or he'd be moody and stuff, she'd go, eh, you can't do that, you can't do this. And I said, what you have no idea about is you used to be like this in yeah. your own way. But I was able to just tolerate it. And so what happens is we've got these these families together and the other siblings are getting really annoyed and getting really grated and sandpapered by the behaviours of that other adolescent, when in fact we should just be out and about with our friends and not in our family, you know, environments all the time. So even that's quite, you know toxic sort of space. So I just go, yep, he's moody. Yep, she was yeah, being yeah. terrible. Oh, they were disrespectful there in that space because actually they didn't really think about what they were saying. And I can let a lot of it go because I understand what's happening. And I promise you my kids are amazingly polite and wonderful and gorgeous children. I don't let them get off with everything, but a lot of the things I go, actually, that's a glitch. Let's just ignore it for now. Yeah, yeah, it's a glitch. Let it go. How do we upskill people, do you think? How do you, I mean, I'm, I'm associated with the parenting place and we're doing this stuff all the time and I love it and we've helped a lot of people. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there because of society, I'm not making excuses, but, you know, we're just too busy to know. We're just too busy to learn sometimes. How do we upskill? <laughs> we we don't. We downskill. We stop. Ah. We we stop trying so hard. So so when you were, you know, an adolescent, a, a youth, how many hours did you spend out and about with your friends and your siblings, with oh. no adult around? Heaps. Right. And Heaps. who were you with? Um. And how did they behave around you? It was quite a long time ago, but. <laughs> We, we were just with, with our mates. They were like extended members of the whanau. I, I remember my father would uh, – he one thing my dad did and my mum, they made our home teenage friendly, okay? So instead of going, oh, those bloody smelly teenagers, you know, they should be over there, our house was teenage friendly. And, and just remembering that, you know, um, dad didn't drink alcohol and we were – 
underage drinking. We were 19 and we were underage <laughs> drinking, right? So we'd play football. Dad would get us a, a, a crate of beer and, and, and we'd sit around in the garage and play table tennis and stuff. And um, I knew what he was doing. He knew that his, his boys were close. But making a place, um, an environment that sort of catered for us was a big part. And a lot of my mates who are quite diverse um, always remember it. I remember always going around the old man's place, bro. You know, and when when my parents passed on, those guys came from all over the world um, to to celebrate them and the and the environment that they created for us when we were of that age. It was cool, and you know, my dad was born in 1913 and used to cut tea tree by hand for a living. Wow. He wasn't a pr- pr- professor. Mm-hmm. But he he knew this stuff, eh, to keep us safe. He, and do what he did is he set it up. But but how? What percentage of your time did you spend with your parents guiding you through that space? Minimal, right? Minimal. So you're saying, what can we do to upskill our our parents? Downskill. Stop thinking that we as parents. Right. Are the ones who Oh, you're <laughs> radical, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. on the edge now, kiddo. But do you see, with yes, your I friends, do. you had those spaces. You probably had arguments. You had to yep. work out how to say sorry. You had to negotiate that. You probably put yourself into spaces and challenge each other and you had to jump off things and feel scared and all those. Yep. And that's what we do when we are without parents. And it's, it's safe, but no parents. Parents... Keep getting it wrong. <laughs> we, we, keep, we complicate we can, things yeah, sometimes, eh? And we think we can fix it or we yeah, give yeah. them the advice or stuff like that. Actually, they'll work it out. They'll yeah. work it out. They'll yeah. work it out. You watch your kids and you leave them and you work it out. And, and we see little babies and, and, and we just leave them and they work it out. And there's a beautiful experiment that's just come into my head. And they, and they had this, they had this um, contraption that they gave kids. And half of the kids were showing. This, this person says, look, what I do with it is I bang it here and then I twist that and then I pump the horn or whatever, do you know? And so those kids spent the whole 20 minutes or whatever they have trying to perfect the thing that the instructor had told them. The other half of the kids were just given this instrument, like do do whatever you want. Yep. Here's, here's an instrument. And that was it. And they came back and what those kids came up with, the creation that they came up with. So as parents, we've got to stop thinking we are teaching our kids. We create, like your dad did, create an environment. Yep. Right? He did that, and that was his role. And we have got an important role. But he did not come out and say to you, oh, talk to him like that. Oh, say this. Oh, no, do this. Do you see? Because he would have gone, hey, you got no idea. And we're savvy, man. We're <laughs> right? savvy people. Because you worked it out yourself. The university of life. Right. And yeah. so parents need to just step back and let kids do this. And you'll get it wrong and they'll make mistakes and they'll have fights and they'll feel stink and they'll do all this sort of stuff and there'll be some teasing and there'll be some stuff going on. But stop parenting mm. thinking that you can do everything. Yep. Create the situation and then step back. Wow. You know, um, I, I, all this stuff's going through my head because, as I say, three beautiful sons. And what happened was because we didn't have opportunity, my, my parents didn't have opportunity in the 70s, 60s and 70s, and I can create opportunity, okay? And I became a seagull parent for a while there where I'd just hover over my <laughs> eldest son, right, like he was a bag of chips or something. And if he showed any interest in anything, I'd be going, I can sort it out, I can sort it out, until one day he said, Dad, we're going to have a signal. 
I says, what do you mean? He says, you're too in my face, mate. Mm -hmm. I says, well, I'm glad you're calling me your mate. But, <laughs> and he says, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to smile and I'm going to put my hand up to say stop and you just have to back off because you know what that'll do, Dad? And I says, no, son, what will it do? He says, it'll protect our relationship. Wow. Yeah, wow. And that's what we did because, oh, bro, you want to do that? Oh, you know, Dad's trying to do the best for this boy and do the best for, for Dalton and Tana and all the rest of the, the lads, and he'd just go, no, 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 leave mm -hmm. it to me. I got this, mm -hmm. you know. So you know, sometimes you, you, your tamariki teach you. I and and they know and and well, right from the beginning they've been teaching us, isn't it? But he knew that he needed to make his own mistakes. He needed yeah. to go through that on his own, and that is why when you say, "What do our parents need to do to upskill?" They need to create the situation and step back. And I'm saying keeping them safe and all those sorts yeah. of things. I get that. A good environment, man. Yeah, yeah. That's what and, we have. And and, and 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 you've got to close your eyes and trust for a certain amount of time. I mean, I, my son's just gone off to Edmund Hillary. He's, he's back now. He went off to a camp because I know that I can't provide him with those opportunities and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not – I can't do that. Guess what? Somebody else is going to be better than me right yes, now to give that. him what he needs. And we've got to start saying just because I'm the parent, I'm the, not the one doing it. I'm the one – I'm the – conductor right I'm the one that's saying oh it's your turn now it's your you need to do this so I know my kids enough to know when to step back and when I'm not yeah. the person needed right now do you think kids of of uh, of our my not yours my era were less reliant well, because our parents, and I listened to this amazing podcast, because podcasts are so cool, aren't they? Oh, um, huge. Right, right. Especially <laughs> and, this one. Exactly. Killed it. Um, and it said, why do I think our parents are more involved? And there was there was two things. And one, when my parents and your parents raised you, there was this knowledge that all you did was feed them and they would become who they're going to become. It's got nothing to do with you. No, so there wasn't this over-involvement. We didn't need to know how you're doing at school. I know some people were, but really... If your kid turned out okay, you went, oh, that was lucky, you know, or, or they didn't turn out so well, well not my fault, you know, like, yeah, and there yeah, was yeah. this, and then all these books came out and said, actually parenting and, you know, influences the outcome of your kid. And we're right, it does. Sure. But we got overzealous about this, do you see? And so suddenly we said, just a minute, just a minute, if my parenting is the influence, then to have the perfect child means I'm the perfect parent. <laughs> so we had to start over-parenting to make sure our kids were doing the right thing because everybody knows that what your children become is you as a parent. And what we've swung back to now is realising there's genetics and there's experience. Right. And your kids are going to be who you're going, they're going to become. What I want to do is make sure that foundation is there. So, yeah. so all of that sort of stuff. But who they are is them. And, 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 and my kids are very different people, very different people, but their, their lower values, their lower personalities are very similar because I've grown that. But who they actually are, who they swing off that foundation is very different because they are very different personalities. And so I don't take responsibility for their, their personality spaces but I take responsibility for their values and those sort of yeah. round things. But some parents were taking responsibility for how well they succeeded at school or it's 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 because of me that they're the top kid yeah. or it's, be it's because of me. And so we got very invested. And the other one was monetary. We're, we're putting more money into our kids and we want to see return on investment. Um, so, so Yuck. I don't even like that isn't phrase. That terrible? Eh? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was that sort of space. And, and so as parents – there is a tendency to become more involved than our parents were with us. Gotcha. You see, and actually it's way, way 
better for development yeah. that parents aren't as involved. Like I said, overview, be the conductor, make sure things are safe, but then step back and let it happen. Good stuff. Do you think society's changing with regard to going um, like, you know, a few years ago, this kid turned out to be a lawyer, but he's only a butcher. You know, oh, I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, you know, because I look at these kids these days and, you know, wisdom comes with age, hopefully in my case, and I look at these kids who are, are tradies and butchers and I go, man, you guys are awesome. You know, your mana hmm. to me is fantastic what you've done and what you can do. It wasn't always like that. Oh, I think it is still still an element of we want, we keep talking about our kids going to university. Well, well actually, is that? Is that yeah. the pinnacle? And and I just want my kids to do what makes them satisfied and happy and all that sort of stuff. But absolutely, and 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 it's and it's a trick, isn't it? You meet someone, you go, oh, so your kids? Well, my my yeah. child. Yeah. And and who do they mention first? The one which is the higher qualified or the high? Do you know? And and, yeah. and it is. And and I get that, and I don't think we're going to change. Yeah, um, and it's okay. It's, really fast. it's okay to an extent, but it's the influence we're having on our kids, and it's that we're not letting them have these moments of regulation themselves. We're not letting them take the risks. We're not letting them find their own path and make mistakes um, because that means we're bad. Like if the kid gets home late, um, we ground them. It's like, well, actually, do you think they've got time management? Do you think they tried, probably planned it a bit wrong and they need a bit more practice? So yeah. so let's leave them. So what if they're getting things wrong? So what if they're not deciding what they're going to do for their future or whatever? Let's just make sure they're good people and they're going through this transitional stage of adolescence, which is so hard. And they're good kids. Yeah, yeah. That's now, it. I, I, I have this thing about the comfort zone, right? So you have this kid, you groom them up. It doesn't even sound right. But, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to use that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apologies. But you know what I mean. You shape them mm. and so that their life can be comfortable, right? Mm. <clears throat> so they can buy a house, have some money, meet somebody and be happy and whatever. And actually when I look back at it, the last place I want to live is in the comfort zone. Well, we, we, it's not a very expanding space, is it? You don't expand if you're in the comfort zone. Yeah. So um, where am I going with this? For our kids to be in a situation where they have to think, where they have to be on their feet, where they have all these different experiences, some good and bad, it's not the comfort zone, but it's still a pretty cool zone. As long as it's in the tolerable, and we talk about that, isn't it? Yeah, as long yeah. as it's tolerable, which means sometimes it will make them scared or worried or, um, you know, making mistakes and stuff like that. And that's, that's you know, that's that's great. We don't want to be in the comfort zone. You don't. If you want to become, if you want to lift a weight, yeah, you don't keep lifting the same weight that you're comfortable with. There yeah, is going to be I, no. I actually do. I've just blown your theory out of the water. I'm still on eight kgs for biceps. Right, but, but no, not, I know but you're what you not mean. growing your muscles, then, are you? Because you're staying in your comfort zone. You've got to go up yeah. to the nine. Nine next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is very cool. And and and, and I'm just I'm going to throw this in there because I just heard a comment and I'm going to challenge it and it could be our next question. But you said we want our kids to grow up and we want them to, um, you know, get a um, get a buy a house, meet someone. Yeah. And be happy. Yeah. And that's another thing that we have these messages that actually you, you aren't okay until you meet someone. Yeah, and I have a, I have a huge I have a huge thing with that because I've lived a lot of my um you know parenting life as on my you know as a yep. single person, and there's this huge dis belief and and continued narrative around unless you are with someone you're not complete. 
Yeah, Kilda. And why are we doing that to our kids? Because we're forcing them into making decisions because they think they're not complete on their own. And it's a it's a very, 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 very easily common language. I'm sure I use it a lot as well. Yeah. But it was just interesting hearing you. So yes. there's even that. And it, we I want my children to be absolutely 100% complete on their own as an individual. If they happen to meet someone, then that's great. And I've always... you. They do not complete you. Oh, oh, what's his name Um, (laughs) from the movie? You complete me, which is a terrible saying because you don't complete me because I'm completely complete on my own. You you increase me. You expand me, you know, like in that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's an interesting thought as well, growing our kids to be happy for them, who they are as an individual. On that note, on that beautiful (laughs) note, tēnā koe, Catherine. Beautiful. Kia ora. (laughs) 